0: Well, greetings to you this morning in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. I'm grateful to be here this morning. I don't know what it is with you people down here in the south, but I'm a little nervous and I'm not sure what it is, but uh, I trust the Lord is with us. And I'm always excited to share the Word of God. You know, if we look back, if we read in the book of Acts and we read the accounts there, there's a lot of people that gave their life because they preached the Word of God. And it is always a joy to me to preach the Word of God. Uh, uh, It's not always, uh, like I say, there's something that comes with that. I'm always nervous. I'm always... You know, it feels like I'm getting sick up to the very moment that I get up here, but then afterwards it kind of vanished away. But today I'd like to share with you uh, about sanctifying the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts. And uh, as as we were traveling, as some of you know we've been traveling, Uh, tomorrow will be three weeks that we left home. Uh, I shared two weeks ago in Montana... And as we were traveling here, I was, I was praying and, and seeking God of what he, I, and I, he brought this scripture to me. And I didn't realize why till I actually got here and, and, I, and I was just taken in of everything that was happening here. This is far greater and bigger than I even imagined. I, mean, I knew about Hillcrest and, and it was a home, but back home we have a lot of different homes. But it's just you go into the main entrance, wing one, wing two, and wing three, and that's it. You go down the road a few miles, there's another one there, wing one, wing two, and wing three. And, and I, I kind of mentioned that, but when I got here, it was much bigger than that. And so I'm going to turn to Ephesians chapter four, uh, and I'm going to turn to some different scriptures. You know, I don't, I'm not sharing anything new with you. It's just, I want, I just like to encourage you that, that uh, Jesus Christ really is real. And he wants to sanctify him in each one of our hearts. We want to sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ. But in Ephesians chapter 4, there in verse 1, he says, I, therefore, this is Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation that we are called. In other words, we would walk worthy of the calling that the the Lord is put on our hearts. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bound of peace. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, I've been to a lot of different places, there are, there are some people who want the spirit of unity. But there's a difference between the spirit of unity and the unity of the spirit. It's a big difference. The spirit of unity is, is, is uh, they, they want everybody to just be alike. Everybody looks the same, Everybody's, everything is the same. But inside it's just maybe sometimes disastrous. But the, the unity of the spirit is that we have the same spirit within us. And that spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, will cleanse us and purify us for the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in verse 4 there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, even as you are called in one hope of his calling. In other words, the, the, the Holy Spirit unites a body of believers. And, and so, uh, and, and then it says the hope of his calling. You know, we share the same hope for the future eternity with Christ. In 1 Peter, it says that we have that lively hope. But then in verse 5, it starts out, you know, I have to ask the question, what is the kingdom of God? Or what makes up the kingdom of God? Well, in Matthew, in different places, it says that the kingdom of God is within us. So remember that the kingdom of God is within us. In verse 5, it says that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And, and as I read this, I don't know if this is really the, the way it was written, but there is one Lord, and there is one faith. We receive that Lord by faith. And then it says one baptism. We, believe, we receive that Lord by faith, and then we are, we are baptized. And if that is you this morning, if you have received that Lord by faith, And you were baptized Then he is God. Verse 6. There is one God and that God is father of all. He is above all. He is through all and in you all. It doesn't matter if you're baptized or not or if you even believe. He is one God anyway. And he is the father of all and he is above all. But he might not be in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up into the heavens, he let captives, captives, when he he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And then he descended up into the also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. And then he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists and some teachers and some pastors. And I think as a body of believers, we need all of those. And we probably have all of those in here this morning. But not everybody has everyone. But as a body of believers, we have all of these things. But why would he give those things to those people? Verse 12, it says, for the perfection of the saints. For the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ, you know I I don't know if I paraphrase this or not, but he gave to some of you apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of you, for those of you who serve here in this home in this community, you know he's bringing everything together. Therefore. He does that till we all come into the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, uh, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we, that all of us, that we're not t- uh, tossed to and fro, we're not carried away with every wind of doctrine. Why not? Because Christ has been sanctified in our hearts. So we no longer are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, we live in the community up there in Ohio in Holmes County, and we have a lot of different, I should say a lot of different doctrines. There's people that are being carried away with some wind of doctrine that comes in, and man, it feels good, it looks good, and it seems right, and they're just carried away with it. And I'm here to tell you that we need to sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts so we do not be carried away with every wind of doctrine because we know the Bible, we know the word of God. And we are obedient to that. <clears throat> because there are, there's people that are being carried away with every wind of, by the slight of men, by the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive us. But we need to speak the truth in love that we may grow up into him in all things for which is the head, even Christ. He is the head. And it says that the whole body is fitly joined together and and, and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part and making increase the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And, And when I look at that verse, and this is the verse that when I, when I was, got here Friday afternoon and, and Friday evening, the, what we experienced Friday evening and throughout, you know, it says that the whole body is fitly joined together. You know, I have a body here, and there's a lot of joints in my body. I have the ankle joint, the knee joint, the hip joint, the shoulder joint, the elbow and the wrist. But I, when I want to do something, when I got up here, I, don't, I didn't have to tell my, my, my hip joint to start moving so I can get up. And, so, and then I had told the other lady to, to move forward. I didn't have to tell them what to do to start walking because the way my body is designed, the way I was created, the Lord Jesus Christ designed my body that, that when I want to get up, my brain just tells me to get up and I start walking. And then my body tells me that I'm thirsty, and so I just get up, I go over, get water, and I drink water. I don't have to tell my hand to reach out for the glass of water. It's waiting for me. And you see, that's the way God designed our bodies. But when I look at this body here, and, 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 and if the body is not functioning like my, my body would not be functioning, it could be a disaster when I want to sit down, and, and instead of sitting down, I just walk away. Because my one leg wants to walk, but the other one wants to sit down. I would crash to the floor. But God designed my body in such a way that it functions with my brain and all of that. But when I look at a body like this and working together, is that you are all working together. You are doing your part. Because Jesus Christ has sanctified us. When we see a need somewhere, my brain, your brain tells you, hey, there's a need over here. I need to go help. And somebody else is there to help. And it's just a body that is fitly joined together. And that's the way God designed it. You know, I think of Nehemiah when he built the wall there. rebuilt the wall in Jerusalem there. As he was rebuilding the wall, it says that everybody took care of the things in front of their home. And when they got together and they bridged the gap, it says that they joined together fitly. It just just connected perfectly. You know, let's say uh, some of them would decide, you know what, I don't really care about my neighbor. I don't really care about these over here. I'm just going to build the wall like the way I want to build it. And when it would come together, it wouldn't really fit. But because they worked together, it says that it was fitly joined together. that's what it says here, that it supplies every need. This I say in verse 17, therefore testify of the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. In other words, don't just go do your own thing. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, but because the blindness of their hearts. The blindness of their hearts. That's why it's important that we sanctify Christ in our heart who who being past feelings have for, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ if so be that ye have not that ye have heard him and have been taught by him the truth in Jesus that you put off the former conversation in other words the former walk of life your formal Uh, What what you've been, you know, before you were born again, you have laid aside some of those things. You put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. It is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. But we need to be renewed by the spirit of our minds that you put on the new man. So you put off the old man. Now you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And the only way you and I can receive righteousness and true holiness is through the Lord Jesus Christ. If he is sanctified in our hearts, then we can have righteousness and be true holiness. We express express Christ. Before that, we were expressing self. Before our minds are renewed, we are expressing self. We're, We're concerned about me, myself, and I. We don't care about other people. It's about me. But when our minds are renewed and we are sanctified, our hearts with Jesus Christ, then we walk in righteousness and true holiness. And now it's not about me anymore, but it's about him, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're putting away the lying now and, and, and speak of we don't speak evil of every man. We speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What a beautiful thing. When we can be members one of another and working together and helping, we're we're not angry, we don't sin, we don't let the sun go down upon our wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to the needy. Let no corrupt human occasion proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the edifying of good to use of edifying that, in, in, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grief not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with all malice, but be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, so do ye one to another. And you know, we look at these scriptures and we say, "Man, that's a that's a tall standard. How can we even how can we even come close to a life like that?" I'm going to turn to First uh, Corinthians. Just a few verses there in First Corinthians. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one, starting in verse two, and unto the Church of God which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm talking about, that we need to sanctify Jesus Christ in our hearts. Those that are sanctified in, G- in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. You know, we were all born sinners, but if you are born again in the child of God, then you are called to be saints with all that are in every place. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you. And peace from God of our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always in, in, on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched by him. And that is what I would like to share with you. You, you know that, that it doesn't matter what it is. But that whatever you go through in life that you are enriched by him. Not by other people. Not, not because other people look up to you and they say, man, you are whatever it is. No. But you are enriched by him that you are being encouraged and picked up and enriched by him. But how can we live such a life? How can we live a high standard like that? That was my question for many years. Uh, you know, I, I don't have time for my testimony, but I'd, like to love, I'd love to share my testimony with you. I was a wretched sinner. Separated from God. But he saved me. But how can we live a tall standard like this? In 2 Peter 1, this is what it says. And there's no excuse. We have no excuses to make. But in 2 Peter 1, it says, Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained a like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power has he given us all things that pertain us unto life and godliness. It is his divine power that he has given us all things that pertain us unto life and godliness. He has given it to us. There is no excuse to live a life of self in the lust of the flesh. Because Christ has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. How does it happen? It is through the knowledge of him. Not not the knowledge of some other person. But through the knowledge of him who has called us unto glory and virtue. Whereby whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of his divine nature. And when you and I become partakers of his divine nature, brothers and sisters, that is when we can walk by the spirit of the holy God. And then we have what it, what it takes to, be live, uh, to live life that pertains unto life and godliness. Apart from the divine nature of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, you cannot live that life that we might be partakers of that divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world and beside this <clears throat> i'm going to i'm going to stop there for now <clears throat> there's another verse in Ezekiel that i'd like to read in Ezekiel chapter <clears throat> 36 Ezekiel chapter 36 this talks about a heart of flesh and a and a stony heart. Ezekiel chapter thirty six, verse twenty two. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I will not. I do not this for your sakes. In other words, He's not doing this for the house of for, for their sakes. O house of Israel but for my holy name's sake, which have profaned among the heathens, whether we went. It says in verse 23 that I will, <clears throat> I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among, thank you. It says, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathens. I'd like to know, was there any of you ever heathen in here? How many heathens were here at one time? All of us. All of us at one point in time were heathens. He said, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am Lord. They shall know that I am Lord. saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. So when you are living your corrupt life, and you have done all the evil that you can think, possibly think of, and then the Lord Jesus Christ wants to sanctify himself in your heart, and that takes place, everybody around you will know that there is something changed about this brother or sister. It says that you will show them, and it shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. They shall see that there was a change in this boy or in this girl And he goes on to say, for I will take you from among the heath, and then I will gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water over you. There's a lot of promises here. Listen to these, I will and will I, and I will do all of this. Listen to all of these. He said, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. It's if he does that. You know, I can sprinkle water over you, too. But it's not going to do a thing for you. But when the Lord Jesus Christ sprinkles water over somebody, it says, you shall be clean. How will he do that? From all of your filthiness. You will be clean from all of your filthiness and from all of your idols will I cleanse you. That's a promise. With every promise... In the word of God, there is a command. If you want to receive the promise, you got to obey the command. He says, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you, within you, and it will cause you to walk in my statutes. In other words, when I put when I take away that stony heart out of out of your stone that stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, one that is pliable, one one that is it, it's it's not that hard-heartedness anymore. He says, "I will put my spirit within you and it will cause you to walk in his ways." That is profound to me. You know, I hear so many people, they're, they're trying to do better. I've tried and I've tried and I fail and I try and I fail. And I, how do I get beyond this trying? And the Lord Jesus says, if I sanctify myself in your heart and, and, and I put my spirit within you, it will cause you to walk in my ways. You don't have to try anymore. You just give up self. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you. And the Bible says that the Spirit will... Jesus said, it is needful that I go. So that the Comforter can come, the Holy Ghost, and he will guide you to all truth. Apart from the Holy Ghost, you have no truth. But if we allow him, the Holy Spirit, to come into our hearts... It will cause us to walk in his ways, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. The Holy Spirit will guide you to all of this, and You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. It's another promise. I will. Not you know then I'll think about it. I might be your God, You know we'll we'll talk about that later. Excuse me. But no, he says I will be your God and I will give you from all the I will save you from all the uncleanness and I will call for corn and I will increase it and lay no famine upon you. In other words, in other words, you know maybe in your life it seems like a famine sometimes where where it, you just nothing's growing. It's just dead. The soil's just uh, it's just in the desert land. And he said, I will take away all of that, and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach or famine among the heathens. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways, and your doings were not good, and shall loot yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abomination. It goes on and on. And I won't do this for your sakes, do I, says the Lord God. But be it known unto you and be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, in the day that I have cleansed you from all your equinequities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the wasted land shall be built up. In other words, the things in my life that were wasted will be built up and there will be fruit coming out of that because the Lord God said so. And the desolate land shall be tilled wherein it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and the desolate ruined cities are become fenced and inhabitant. But the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I am Lord. And built the ruined places and plant that that was desolate I the Lord have spoken it and I will do it look at how many I will I will do this and I will do this and I, it's a promise from God that he will do that in our hearts if we allow him to there might be some things in our lives that will hinder us that will be a hindrance to us to allow God to move in our hearts But we receive him by faith and faith alone. But sometimes, if you're like me, I had to go back in my life. And there was things in my life that there was people I had to forgive. There's people I had to... To just, you know, bless. And there's people that, there's something in my own life, maybe some generational stuff. I had to renounce some of these things. And I wish I'd have time. I could share you my testimony. But there's things that I had to renounce. And there's things I had to, I had to cleanse me from a lot of things in order to sanctify the Lord Jesus in my heart. So that I, I am completely free and whole before him. Does that mean I'm perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean I still sin? Yes. But God, who is rich in mercy, has saved me. And has cleansed me. There's one more scripture in closing here. <clears throat> it's another another scripture that is just amazing. Jesus said, These words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And to me, the word of God is, is not only life-giving, it is life-sustaining. <clears throat> the scripture is found in Romans 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. If we think about Jesus Christ when he was crucified and he was in the grave and he resurrected, can you imagine how much power it takes to raise Jesus Christ from the dead? Can you imagine the power it took as Christ was laying in the tomb and, he, and there was power there and, and the, the door was open and, there, and he rose, he resurrected from the, from the dead. How much power does that really take? And here in Romans, it says, in Romans 8, verse 11, it says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, now he's talking about that same spirit, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if that spirit dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also resurrect your bodies to a new life in Christ Jesus. Think about that. The same Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead wants to dwell in your hearts and he wants to resurrect your life into a new life in Christ Jesus. To me, me, that's just phenomenal. Why would would that same spirit that was with Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead want to even dwell in me, this sinful, wretched man? But he wants to resurrect us into a new life in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Therefore, brethren, we are, no, we are debtors not to the flesh and to live after the flesh. But if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. It's just that simple. There's no life there. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are the children of God, then we are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. That's another thing that's just unbelievable. We are joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we have suffered with him, then we may also be glorified together with him. My encouragement today was would be that each one of us, that we would search our hearts deeply and that we would allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be sanctified in our hearts. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ that a person can even be saved. It's not of your own doings. It's not of, you know, I've, I've done a lot of good things in my life. I can tell you that. I have done a lot of good things. But none of those ever saved me. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our Lord. He's our Master. May God bless each one of you. May he bless you and keep you. May he make his faith to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, Brother Marlon, your family, Julie. Uh, they're from our congregation. May uh, just, uh, I just—I bless you as you are here. Uh, may God continue to work in your lives here. Um, I don't see Julie. Oh, there she is. But yeah, may Lord continue to be with you and guide you and direct you, and also to the rest of you. It's—it was wonderful to come and meet all of you. And may His blessing and peace rest upon each one of you as you go from here. God bless you all.